This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 161, submission number 264, the Doctor Who Fox TV movie. The Doctor Who Fox TV movie aired on Fox May 14th, 1996. It's Doctor Who! Here comes Doctor Who! Oh, Ron Grainer would be proud. Yeah. I do like the composition of this theme for this TV movie. Yes. It's a blend of the old and the new. So Yeah. And it's actually scored by uh, John Debney, who has done many themes in the past. He actually did the score for Iron Man 2. Nice. He was nominated for an Academy Award for his score for The Passion of the Christ. And that's all we'll say about that. Thank you. <laughs> okay, imagine if you would. 25 years ago this week, long before the BBC had the idea to reboot Doctor Who in 2005, they had a go of it in 1996 in America. In America. In America. Okay. And this was like seven years after the original series had ended. A producer by the name of Philip David Siegel, who, by the way, is now known as one of the executive producers of A Thousand Ways to Die. Excellent show if you've never seen it. Oh, yeah. I love A Thousand Ways to Die. Absolutely. It's on the Spike Pluto channel, by the way. Oh, Yes. Well, Comedy Central uh, re-ran it not that long ago, maybe within the last year or two, but definitely uh, worth the watch, even though sometimes it can be really gory. Oh, quite gory. Yeah. Okay. So, Seagal was actually working at Amblin at the time. And he actually started at Amblin in 1991. And while at Amblin... He was thinking about bringing Doctor Who back, not as a hard reboot, but as sort of a sequel series, like one of the first sequel series in recent memory. Yeah, so it's basically kind of like the Star Trek The Next Generation-ish sequel series. Yes. Sort of. So he had teamed up with Peter Wagg, who is also a British expatriate, to work on several spec scripts that would eventually form the script that would be the movie of Doctor Who. Now, obviously, because of this, he received executive producer credit on the movie. But um, ultimately, they went with a story written by a guy by the name of Matthew Jacobs, who actually did write for Doctor Who as uh, Doctor Who, the series proper, as well as Films like Lassie, The Emperor's New Groove, and Paper House, if you'll believe that. I have no idea what Paper House is either. 
No, neither do I. Never heard of it, no. So we have the writer in place. We have a producer in place. And the BBC teams with Universal Television and Fox to bring Doctor Who to America by way of Canada. Because it filmed in Victoria, British Columbia. A. A. Oh, big hub for uh, movies. West big Coast of for- Canada. Big mm-hmm. hub, yes. Yep. Yeah. As the West Coast of Canada could be the West Coast of anything. So they have the producers. They have the backers. They have a story. They just need one thing. They need a doctor. And, oh God, I was looking through all of the, the list of names that were brought on for this movie. Okay. And uh, who were either thrown out or actually auditioned for the movie. Blows my mind. Blows okay. my mind. Okay. Name some of the names. Okay. Um, some of the more known ones. John Sessions. Tony Slattery. Both oh. Of, both of whose line is it anyway? Wow. Anthony Stewart Head. Oh my god. That would have been awesome. That one, he, he strikes me as more of a master type, but I'm getting ahead of myself here. And these two names, I was like, <sighs> Chris Eccleston. Who would go on to be the doctor nine years later. And Peter Capaldi. Dang! Wow, talk about like a real regeneration of the doctor. Yeah, there were other names like Liam Cunningham, Mark McGann, Robert Lindsay, Tim McInerney, and Nathaniel Parker, and Peter Woodward. But ultimately, we arrive on one man. An actor by the name of Paul McGann. Who, at least at the time that this was being produced was playing Richard Sharp in Sharp's Rifles as it was being taped in the Ukraine. And also, he would have been somewhat well-known to American audiences because he was in Alien 3, and he was in the 1993 Disney adaptation of The Three Musketeers. And actually, a fun fact, his brother Mark also auditioned as the Doctor. Yeah, you mentioned his name. Okay. Yeah. So ultimately... Paul began was tapped as the Eighth Doctor. But rather than just putting him in the TARDIS and sending him on his way, then this actually forms like the first 20 minutes of the movie, which we'll get to momentarily. So I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me backtrack and, and tell you a little bit more about the cast of Doctor Who, the movie. Uh, you have, because the Doctor needs a companion, we have uh, Dr. Grace Holloway, played by Daphne Ashbrook, who is known as Melora Paslar on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh. And she was also Alex in future entry, Hooperman. Oh. 
Hooperman with John Ritter. With John Ritter, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she would also be in Cold Case, CSI, Crossing Jordan, Murder, She Wrote, Judging Amy, The Intruders, and a recurring role on The O.C. Also a really good singer, from what I understand. Yes, she is. Yeah. And also has a child with Lorenzo Lamas. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> we'll be talking about Lorenzo Lamas when we get to Joe Schmo, the full bounty. Oh no. Oh, oh yeah! Oh no. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then we have sort of the side companion that was just sort of an extra, but is nevertheless important in the plot. Yeah. Uh, Chang Lee, who's played by a Canadian actor by the name of Yi Ji So, who appeared on The Commish, Highlander, Sliders. Oh, yeah. And three uh, series in the Da Vinci sort of. Oh, the Da Vinci Code trilogy. No, the Da Vinci's in Quest, Da Vinci City Hall, and Intelligence. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a thing like two decades ago. And then there was the arch rival of the Doctor, a rival Time Lord known only by his name, the Master. And I'll tell you right now. Just a legendary character in Doctor Who lore. And some of the best actors have played him. You have Anthony Ainley, Roger Delgado. John uh, Sim. De- John Sim, Derek Jacoby, Sasha Dawan from Future Entry, Iron Fist. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the- Mich- Michelle Gomez. And Michelle Gomez, yes. Michelle, uh, by the way, my money, Michelle Gomez, best master. I, I'd go with Anthony Emily. I'm sure Gordon Pepper would agree with you. I, I'm sort of biased towards uh, Delgado myself. Uh, the, the 70s is sort of in my vein. Right. Okay. So they have all these really great actors who go on to play the master. Who did they get to play the master in this movie? Eric Roberts? Wait. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Chico. Are you saying that they cast Eric Roberts from the cinematic masterpiece? A talking cat? A talking cat? A talking cat? A talking cat? Yes. A talking cat? That's just stupid. That's the best you could come up with. Oh, that's going to be like the initial entry for it was a thing uh, on, at the, uh, at the uh, on DVD or something like that. <laughs> Patreon supporters beat Island. Coming in 2026. Okay. But then there was one more thing. And I actually have a post on my Instagram about it. Brought on for the movie just to die the seventh doctor aka sylvester mccoy seven years out of the role he's brought on to the movie specifically to die yeah and pass the role on in the most comical way and here is what a, a friend of the 
podcasts had to say, McCoy is a trooper, started his tenure being offed ludicrously, and then came back several years later to end it the same way. Oh yeah, because wasn't his first appearance was he had to pretend to be Colin Baker with that ridiculous wig. He had to be he had to pretend to be Colin Baker with that ridiculous little Lord Fauntleroy wig of his, which looked absolutely nothing like Colin Baker. No, he looked <laughs> We'll get to that part later when we talk eventually about the trial of a time ward season. Yes. Yes we will. Okay, so all of the pieces are in place. It's time for a Doctor Who adventure. So, let's yeah. hop aboard the TARDIS, and, well, actually, before we hop aboard the TARDIS, there's one bit of business that we need to discuss, and that takes us to the planet Scarrow, homeworld of the Daleks. On the homeworld of the Daleks, the Master makes his final request, having been captured by the Time Lords, and sentenced to extermination. And we presume this is the Enoly Master that's being... Yes. And there he goes. Exterminated. Yeah. But he had one final request. He wanted his remains to be brought to the care of the Doctor... And scattered throughout Gallifrey, the homeworld of the Time Lords. So on the way to Gallifrey, the Doctor makes sure that the remains of the Master, who, by the way, is supposedly on his last of the 13 lives of a Time Lord. Wink, wink. Wink, wink, not, not, nudge, nudge. He is locked in an urn. But you can never be too sure when you're dealing with a Time Lord, can you? Especially not one like the Master, or one like the Doctor, for that matter. Yeah, and I love the part that the Seven Doctor says as he locks it up. There, that should do it. Yeah, fun fact, Sylvester believed he was using the sonic screwdriver backwards. Yeah. By the way, this is, I think, the first time since the Fifth Doctor that the sonic screwdriver has been used. Yes. Because it was destroyed in the visitation. Yes. Isn't my day, is it? I feel as though you've just killed an old friend. So apparently the TARDIS gave him another one. And by the way, the inside of the TARDIS is really awesome. Of course you have the engine room, which in this particular iteration, looks like a gothic library with a thing in the middle. You know, the thing. Yeah. And also, Seventh Doctor has a glass bowl of jelly babies. And a copy of The Time Machine by H.G. Wells. Because, why not? And then, the box mysteriously opens, and the record is skipping. Which, the record skipping means absolutely nothing. But the box opening means trouble. But not the kind of trouble that would stop a TARDIS in flight. No, that was, uh, that had something to do with, um, and actually the screen of the TARDIS would display 
the coordinates. 5752 Rassilon era. Rassilon, by the way, Lord President of the Time Lords. So yeah, the Taurus is malfunctioning and stuff. Well, call it a critical system failure here because it has to land in basically the nearest part of whatever in order to, well, cool down. And it says... Oh, there it is. We found it. automatic emergency landing, critical timing malfunction. Yes. So where does the TARDIS end up landing? Chinatown, San Francisco, December 30th, 1999. But that wasn't the worst of it. No. Because the box the master was in is cracked. It's cracked, y'all. And that's not the worst of it either. No. Because somebody's being chased down by uh, Chinese triad gang lords. Ooh. Oh, yeah, and they got guns and stuff. With guns and stuff. One of them is Chang Lee, and what happens? The TARDIS lands right in front of Lee. Yeah. And they try to shoot the TARDIS and get absolutely nowhere with that. Yeah. Because, let's just say, better weapons have tried than a bunch of semi-automatics. All have failed. So out pops the doctor to see what's going on, and he gets shot. Yeah. Because they don't know who he is. Nope. He's just some guy coming out of a blue box. But amazingly enough, that's not what kills him. For some reason, Lee manages to get a hold of an ambulance. But that's guess- not what kills him. No. I'm guessing he managed to call 911 or something. Yeah, he manages to call 911. But he doesn't die on the street. He doesn't die in the ambulance. No. Oh, and by the way, they're in the ambulance, and who's there? But Eric Roberts. But he's not the master yet. He's playing a guy named Bruce. Yep, he's an EMT named Bruce. And what's the name that Lee gives the doctor? You're going to love this. John Smith. Oh, yeah. He, he unknowingly gives him the name that he goes by all the frickin' time. Okay. So now we're in the hospital, and so is the slime. Yeah, because the master became a slime snake for some reason. Yes. And, of course, this is where we get to what kills the doctor. Because they call in somebody to try and treat the doctor of his bullet wounds. Yes, and that would be Dr. Grace Holloway, who's watching an opera! So she goes to the ER... Still in her opera dress and scrubs up for surgery. And before she arrives, they do an x-ray. You know what they find? What do they find? Two hearts. What? Two hearts. Oh, yeah, this baffled the doctors. This baffled the doctors about the doctor's anatomy. Yeah. where he dies. Okay, this is well, on he... the operating table with Dr. Grace Holloway trying to revive him. Yeah. And he's warning you, don't do this to me. I am not human. 
I need a beryllium atomic clock. And everybody's like, P, just do the surgery already. No, you don't understand. I'm not like you. I'm not human. Yeah, that doesn't work either. So we get into a cardiothoracic surgery, and we stick a probe inside one of the doctor's hearts. Very much against his will. And guys? Oh, the master's out there. Yeah, the master, still out there. And guys? What? The uh, cardiothoracic probe. Oh, yeah, that didn't work. That's what kills him. Oh, yeah, it killed him. He's killed him. He's dead. He's going into uh, cold storage. Yeah, cold storage. Oh, yeah, into the morgue. Into yep. the morgue. Who's running the morgue? Will Sasso. Yeah. Yeah, you can imagine. Will Sasso in the morgue. That's hilarious. Hey, well, in two years, Will Sasso is going to be feuding with Bret Hart on Monday Nitro. Nice. Yeah. W- would this uh, have been his launch pad to Mad TV, possibly? Question mark? Was he on the first season of Mad TV? He was on the I second season of He Mad was on the TV. second season. He wasn't on the first. That's why I wonder if, if this maybe was his big well, break, if you imagine, will, his exposure imagine, to Fox. Yeah, I would imagine so because, A, this was, t- this was filmed in Canada. Will Sasso's from Canada, and B, he was credited as William Sasso, so... But remember, also, he was in Happy Gilmore that year. Mm-hmm. And while all of this is going on, Chang Lee is stealing the doctor... Is stealing? Or borrowing? Yeah, let's go stealing. He's stealing the doctor's his effects. His sonic screwdriver and his TARDIS key. Yeah. Which in 1996 doesn't look like uh doesn't look like a an actual key. It looks like a guitar pick. It looks like a heart almost. Something like that. But by the way, I love that Doctor Grace Holloway. It looks like she's dressed like Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Yep. So we have Chang with the Doctor's bag. The Doctor's bag. Grace. Running after him in her dress. The doctor is dead. The master is still out there in slime form. Yeah. There's only one thing that can happen right about now. Yeah, I wonder. Hmm. The slime's gonna go into the EMT. Who, by the way, is snoring louder than something that's really, really loud. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, it's going into Bruce. It's going into Bruce. Yep. And because this is Fox Prime Time, it goes in through the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it went through Eric Roberts' mouth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it looks like a dragon somehow. It, Look. It looks like a cobra for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why it looks like a cobra. Mid-90s CGI for TV, folks. Yep. Hey, we'll talk about who did the visual effects in this movie in a bit. Now, back to the morgue, where we have a bunch of people getting ready for a disguise party, or, if you're listening in the UK, a fancy dress party for New Millennium's Eve. Because remember, this is 1999. Yes, it's December 30th, 1999. Or as this was airing, 
next Sunday AD. <laughs> you could get away with that sort of thing. And Will Sasso says, party on. Would that still be a thing in 1999? No. <laughs> Y'all, considering Austin Powers isn't out yet, so they don't know about saying, yeah, baby. Sweet dreams. Lock. Okay, so the Master's entering Bruce's body. Yeah. On his last life, so this is pretty much it for him. This was before everybody decided to hell with the rules. Yeah, as we see now in Doctor Who. Oh, meanwhile, look, Will Sasso's watching Frankenstein. He's eating popcorn. Foreshadowing. Because something is happening inside the refrigerator. The Doctor is regenerating. And as Frankenstein's monster comes to life, number seven regenerates to... Number, Number eight. eight. Number eight. And this is basically a combination of facial gestures and sort of CG morphing. Yeah, because they hadn't established, like in the new series, like how the regeneration works. Yeah, there was never sort of a uniform way of regenerating something until uh, the new series. Okay, so the eighth doctor, he busts out of the refrigerator. And he spooks Will Sasso so much that he faints. And he just walks out on his own power. And the doctor just has one question. Just one question. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Is he Admiral Stockdale? <laughs> Who am I? Why am I here? <laughs> oh, but meanwhile, yeah. Bruce has undergone a change. Oh, yeah. But meanwhile, back at the morgue, the doctor's gone into the locker. Hey, look! He sees a long scarf. No, that won't work. No, that won't work. And outside the hospital, Chang opens the bag to see what exactly he's dealing with. Pulls out the sonic screwdriver. Doesn't really do anything with it. No. The doctor pulls out a Richard Nixon mask. Doesn't really do anything with that. A yo-yo? Okay. Okay. And ultimately, he finds... uh, a costume, sort of a wild Bill Hickok with a puffy shirt. And uh, meanwhile, Chang also finds the fob watch. Yeah, which we haven't established yet. It's like a chameleon arch. They won't establish that for, like, for another 11 years. Oh, right. hold up. Meanwhile, back at Bruce's house, Bruce's wife wakes up, which, by the way, if, in case you don't know, Bruce's wife is actually played by Eric Roberts' wife. I totally believe that. Oh, hold on. His name's not Honey. My name's not Bruce. He's call not... me the master. The master. Well, come back to bed, master. Oh, and you can tell he's now the master because his eyes are green. 
I'm guessing he's still suffering the effects of the cheetah planet. Basically. Now, Doctor, soon I will have all your lives. And meanwhile, Grace is with Will Sasso at the morgue. Like, I... (laughs) He swears that it was the same guy. He swears it was the same guy, but it's not the same guy. Or maybe it is. But, you know, like any companion, Grace thinks somebody's crazy. Oh, but meanwhile... She passed by the doctor, who's now in his outfit. And not no shoes, by the way. No shoes. Because he's still in his regenerative cycle, he's pretty much trying to get all of his senses in order. But he does remember Grace, as she is unceremoniously told to resign. Oh. He looks at a clock and he says, time. Time. What's all this about time? Oh, did I mention that uh, Grace was being asked to resign? Yes. And by that, I mean she's being fired. So she has no job, like any good companion. And she's really smart, again, like any good companion. And she's a victim of the system, again, like any good companion. And also the person who's firing her burned the x-ray of the two hearts. I'm sure that's not very good, sir. You could probably and, get uh, sued or something. And by the way, the hospital is thinking they lost the body. Yeah. Because Sylvester McCoy... He's not even there anymore. He's just some ghost. Yeah. So, it was no job, and pretty much broken up from her relationship. All she has now is this weirdo in an oversized suit, a puffy shirt, and a toe tag. And so the doctor goes to Grace saying, oh, we've met before. And she's like, oh, I don't think so. You're tired of life, but afraid of dying. And he's trying to talk to her and finds himself inside her car pulling out the probe that she put in him to begin with. So yeah, fun times. (laughs) And he finally says, please, I have two hearts. Turns out it wasn't a double exposure after all. Oh, meanwhile, here's Bruce. Dressed like the Terminator for some reason. He's dressed like the T-1000 for some reason. He's the Terma Master. The Terma Master. And he's looking for a body. What's happened to the gunshot wound I brought him? He died. Oh, yeah. My God, where's... Oh, my God! His finger! His finger just came off. Oh, jeez. I think he's serious. He wants to know where his body is. Or, you know, something like that. Or at least the stuff that was with his body. In other words, the bag that uh, that was stolen. Yeah, they He's were like, taken. Bruce, you're sick. Thank you. Okay, so now we're at Grace's house. And her boyfriend, Shocker, has moved out. Oh, yeah. Shocker. And she's not really happy about that. Yeah, because her boyfriend's a jerk. Half of her Christmas stuff is also still up. 
Well, it is New Year's Eve. True. So now they're trying to figure out how to fix this thing that she put in him in the first place. He's like, you're still fibrillating badly. No. I have two hearts. Meanwhile, they're still talking about Puccini for some godforsaken uh, reason. I think it's because Puccini, I think, was playing either at the in the uh, hospital or was playing in the tortoise. No, it was playing in the opera. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was uh, the opera she was at. Okay. But also, he just starts reminiscing about, oh, I knew Puccini. And he sees a painting of something of Da Vinci, and he talks about something about Da Vinci. Yeah, so I, uh, it was either Puccini or Da Vinci. Oh, I was there when he died or something like that. I was, I was with Puccini before he died. Name drop. I was, I was, I was. Oh, my God. You say that's no echo. He died before he could finish Turando. Alfano finished it based on his notes. It was so sad. You have two hearts. Yeah, it was very sad. But it shows he's a time traveler. Yeah. Which they don't know that. And she doesn't believe it. Yeah, he's trying to explain, yeah, I'm a time traveler. But she doesn't and... believe it. Nope. Yeah, she really doesn't understand the whole doctor lingo in the Doctor Who sense. Not not a medical doctor or PhD. Then he says, don't be slad, Grace. You'll do great things. I- I'm going to get a syringe. I'm going to take no, some no, blood. No, 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 I don't know what's going Grace, on. Grace, 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 Grace. Don't you see? I have 13 lives. Please. <laughs> okay, you're trying to tell me that you've come back from the dead. Yes. No, sorry. The dead stay dead. You can't turn back time. Yes, you can. I'm not a child. Don't talk to me like I'm a child. Only children believe that crap. I am a doctor. But it was a childish dream that made you a doctor. You dreamt you could hold back death. Isn't that true? Don't be sad, Grace. You'll do great things. I'm sure she will. By the way, that was the clip I played in the year-end preview. Oh, he's got the TARDIS key. And by he, I mean Ching Lee. And he's trying to get inside the TARDIS. And he does. And, and it's who like, does he find in the TARDIS? Well, he just he's like, what the heck? And he just walks out. Because you got to remember, it's bigger on the inside. Yeah. Wait, say and it again. Like, yeah, yeah. It's and he's like, bigger on the inside. And, and he's like feeling around the, the exterior of the TARDIS like, what the heck? And it's a really great set, the TARDIS mm-hmm. interior on this. Oh, yeah. This definitely is not the TARDIS interior from back in the 70s and 80s. But, oh, who's in the TARDIS? It's the master. How did he get inside the TARDIS? It's Bruce! It's Eric Roberts. How did he get inside? And how does he master talking so quickly? Some things will never be explained, Chico. But he is not Bruce. He's merely inside his body. So who is he really? He takes off his glasses. 
and shows his weird ass green eyes. I don't like him look him look shifty. So he asks for the bag. He gets the bag, and now he's asking where the doctor is. And he's convincing that trying to convince him, okay, the doctor is actually the guy who stole my lives. Yeah, he's fooling him into believing, oh yeah, the doctor, he's not to be trusted. Because one thing the master is good at, mind control. Yeah. Did we mention that? Because that is important. Okay, we're back at Grace's house. And Grace is looking at the doctor's blood, and he finally remembers who he is! He does? Oh yeah! Not only does he remember who he is, he remembers why he's here. He's looking for an atomic clock! An atomic clock? To fix his TARDIS! Oh! I have a question for Chico. Uh Since, Since you're sort of in that business... Do you actually like have a microscope at your house, like, uh, like in this, like, doc- uh, like Doctor Grace here? Yeah, I do not have a microscope in my house. Why can't she keep work at work and home at home? Keep them separate. Because she's a doctor. Well, I know people who are doctors. They don't just have microscopes at home. Maybe she bought it with her own money. Maybe it's her own personal microscope. You don't know. Yeah, that's just uh, crazy. So, right now, the Master and Chagley are talking about, well, they're basically trying to come to a deal here, like, what do you want more than anything? I will give it to you. All I want is the Doctor's body. And he starts with the down payment of gold dust. Wait, Dustin Rhodes? He's going to pay him in Dustin Rhodes? Oh, my. Oh, no. Booker, the Force is strong with you. But you are not a Jedi yet. I don't know. But he gives him the tour of the place, including something that we don't ever see nowadays, that we haven't seen in a while. The Cloister Room. Oh, yeah, because remember, there are other rooms in the tortoise. Aside from the, um... The interior that we always see. The engine room. Yeah, that place. This is the cloister room, which powers the TARDIS. The TARDIS is powered by the Eye of Harmony, which was supposed to be a relic on Gallifrey. And it's been since established that this is actually a remote version to the actual Eye of Harmony. That makes sense, right? Yeah, I guess. And the only way to open it is with a human. The Master needs a human to open the Eye of Harmony. But here's the thing about the Eye of Harmony. It's basically the nucleus of a black hole. Yeah. And if it's open all the way, it could pretty much implode an entire planet. Yeah. Hey, Earth is an entire planet. We're in trouble, aren't we? Yeah. So he- yeah, Chang Lee's not told all this stuff is going to happen. No, because the master always wants to leave the good bits out. The, the master deceived him. Go figure. Oh, hold up. Now the doctor realizes why he's here. And guess what he does? He kisses Grace. 
I thought that was illegal. Oh, yeah. This really made people very upset back in 1996. But Grace, because she's thirsty, wants him to do it again. Okay, now now the Master and Changli can see the Doctor. And Changli's like, oh, he sees the image of the seventh Doctor. He's like, oh, that's the guy I took to the hospital. And now there's the eighth Doctor in a holographic image. The, the new master. Doctor, he's so young. He goes, hmm. And then, because the Master is supposedly the Doctor's oldest friend, it occurs... To the master, that the doctor is half human. What? The doctor is half human. What? The doctor. Anyway, now the doctor has a sort of a psychic premonition that. A psychic premonition that. Hold on. I have to get to my TARDIS. He's trying to open the Eye of Harmony, and if he does, we're all going to die! Oh, and now they can see Dr. Grace Holloway. Because the Eye of Harmony is open, we're looking through the world, through what the Doctor sees. And the Doctor is explaining to Grace about his TARDIS. Yes. That's T-A-R-D-I-S, time and relative dimension in space. Yeah. but uh, Grace isn't buying any of it. No. No. If the Eye of Harmony isn't closed, the planet will be sucked through it. Because that's kind of what black holes do. Yeah. And So he needs to fix the TARDIS in order to close the Eye of Harmony. And to fix the TARDIS, he needs an atomic clock. Yeah, that's right. So he's trying to get back into the house. And I guess yeah. he's calling the police. Yeah. The fabric of reality is sort of gone all pear-shaped. Oh, but, oh my god. What does the doctor do to prove that he's right? He walks through glass! Yeah, like I said, the fabric of reality is being warped. It is. And she's still so insistent on getting him a psychiatric bed. It's New Year's Eve, 9 o'clock. They have three hours to save the world. Oh, and by the way, he weighs himself and says that he lost... Hold on. He lost 20 pounds. He lost 20 20, in 20 minutes. By simply walking through the glass, I guess. I'd like to do that. Uh Uh-huh. Walk through glass. Meanwhile, on the news... It's snowing in Hawaii. Snow and, and record tides in San Francisco, which is weird because they're in San Francisco and nobody's mentioned the tides yet. Yeah, well, considering this is Y2K, you gotta think the conspiracy nuts are, are like freaking out over this. Go figure. Oh, but hold on a second, these people are talking about a clock, so they have to go to. Uh, the observatory, where that atomic clock is, and, I don't know, steal a piece, borrow a piece. It's the doctor. He's gonna borrow a piece. Just like Changli borrowed the doctor's bag. Yep. And who does he meet? Who does he meet? Oh, hi. Hi, Master. It's Bruce! Uh-oh. It's Bruce! It's Bruce. 
And apparently, yeah, they have no time to talk about that. So they're going into an observatory, the ITRA, I believe it is, or ITAR, because guess what? Dr. Holloway is on the board of trustees. Oh, okay, she hasn't been removed from the board of trustees, even though she lost her job earlier today. He likes me to call him the doctor. You know, Freud had a name for that, transparency. And Grace is just telling this guy everything. And meanwhile, oh, bump in the road, Uh-oh. and the master's glasses come off, and he sees his eyes, and he's like, oh, oh no. Meanwhile, this guy. Oh, meanwhile, there's a traffic stop. Plus, about three years destroyed, he's stuck in a traffic jam. And then the doctor takes his glasses off, and then, oh, what the heck is the master spew? He spewed Slime. like ass- Slime! And, and the, the doctor is trying to escape the ambulance with Grace because, I don't know if y'all know this, the master is driving the ambulance! Well, no, the master's in the back of the ambulance. Chang is driving the ambulance. Okay. The master is involved with the ambulance. And then, meanwhile, the doctor and Grace, they run into a cop. And they basically try to... Entice him with a jelly baby, maybe? Yeah. It's like, okay, I'll let you borrow the bike for a jelly baby. Then he eats the jelly baby, the cop. Want to go for a ride on the bike? You want to ride a bike? He can make her dream come through today. By the way, apropos of nothing, but as we're recording this, I'm watching the CSI channel on Pluto, and it's the episode of CSI Miami with Eric Roberts on it. Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey. It's so honored to be have CSI Miami with the store of a talking cat. Say it. A talking cat? A talking cat. A talking cat? Okay. Meanwhile, Chang Lee and the master, they're riding the ambulance onto the sidewalk, onto the curb. What? And now they, they are. Somebody's desperate. Yeah. And the doctor and Grace, they've taken the motorcycle. So we have a police motorcycle. Being pursued by an ambulance. If this isn't an argument for civil service. <laughs> Doctor, he rides the motorcycle between two trailers. Yeah, like, breathe in, Grace! Yeah, that happens all the time in California if you've ever been there and seen motorcycle drivers. Wow. That's some heavy-duty riding, Doctor. And he Lee, that was a shortcut to the Institute, so guess what they're going to do? What are they going to do? Take the shortcut. Okay. It's like, they could get the clock. I just want the body. Okay, so now the Doctor and Grace, they've arrived to the... um, To the Institute. The Institute for the New Year's Eve party. Yep. And at the stroke of midnight, they're going to turn on this atomic clock. It is the most accurate atomic clock in the world. In the world. And all they have to do is get a piece of it, take it back to the TARDIS, fix it, and, you know, and hopefully close the Eye of Harmony. Meanwhile, they have to get past this guy, and he has a secret. To sh- the Doctor has a secret he wants to share with this guy to get a closer look at the clock. I want to hear the secret first. Okay. You ready for the secret, Chico? What's the secret? Okay, you ready? Oh, <laughs> Professor Wang! 
bag. This is Dr. Bowman. He's from London. He was just going to share a secret with us. Oh, yes, um, pro uh, Professor, is there a chance of a closer look at the clock? No! No, I'm afraid that I am the only person allowed up there. Uh, really, we can't just bend the rules and... No. Uh, would you see our Grace I'm... says that you have a big secret. What is it? I'm half human. On my mother's side. What? So the doctor's like, this is where I wish I had my sonic screwdriver when looking at the atomic clock. So he's just going to borrow a piece of the clock. Nobody's going to know it's not there. Well, until they try and fire it up and realize that it isn't working. Which, by the way, totally happens. Yeah. Oh, they run into this schmuck. And by the way, the doctor's pretty much telling him his future. So, you know, try and act surprised, Gareth. Oh, and he offers him a jelly baby. Everybody gets a jelly baby in this movie. And everybody just eats the jelly baby. They're not suspicious. No. And jelly babies aren't really a common thing here. Yeah. And then they find, oh, look, it's the kid who took your stuff, doctor. And there's the master. They're like, oh, we got to get out of here. Oh, look, there's some cops that got slimed. Oh, boy. Oh, one of them fell on flat on his back. They're basically frozen in slime. In slime. And not the good double dare green slime, no. No. The icky, sticky slime. Now everyone's running out. So there you go. Now yeah, we're, and, now, we're, now we finally reached the TARDIS. Yeah, they, they uh, got out of the Institute, uh, climbed out of there, and, and got back to the police box. Yep. And all they have to do is get inside. And where do you keep the spare key? Oh, it's on top. Obviously. Oh, hold up. Grace asked why it's a police box. And the doctor explains, it's a cloaking device that got stuck on a previous misadventure. I like it says, like this. Yeah. Oh, meanwhile, hey. Police. Okay. Quick. Let him in. crap it's huge and then he just does a u-turn and just runs all the way back out it's bigger on the inside by the way it is bigger on the inside so all they have to do now is hook the beryllium chip onto the timer and fire the baby up it can close eye of harmony everybody gets out alive world saved the end that doesn't really happen, though, does it? Yeah, that's a little too easy. Yeah. In the course of his fixing the TARDIS, uh, Grace might have done something terrible. What? Uh, bonk the doctor with a hammer. Oh, no! Oh, guess who just arrived? The other guy with the TARDIS key. So now they wheel the doctor into the cloister room so he can totally open the eye of harmony because remember he's half human and grace can't open it right now because her eyes 
are not human. Yeah, because she's under the control of the master. Exactly. Oh, and and the, to, the, and the, Lee's still under the crazy delusion that the yeah, master is the good guy. Is the good guy. When he gets his body back from you, I'm going to be rich. And do you believe him? Why shouldn't I? I don't know, because... There won't be any place left to spend the money. Yeah, because, well, we'll all be dead. Yeah. Oh, no! And but yeah. will, oh, because the master always likes to ham it up. He comes in wearing the robes of Lord Rassilon. Oh, yeah. Looks good on him, by the way. Looks good. Looks good. Looks good. Looks really good. It looks good. Oh, it looks good. It looks good. Oh, it looks good. It looks good. Oh, it looks good. Mike, what do you think? No, don't drag me into this. Oh, come on. Okay, it looks good. It looks good. I I, I hear Bernoodles. He's she's like, I agree. <laughs> yep. So now, fully under the power of the master. Grace is pretty much dragging the doctor into some sort of, I don't know, Iron Maiden-looking thing and forcing him to look into the Eye of Harmony. That looks painful. That's going to leave a mark. Oh, Meanwhile, meanwhile at the, there's the party. There's the, the party at the hospital. The fancy dress party at the hospital, and we have five minutes left to save the world, by the way. Oh, by the way, the Richard Nixon mask, that belonged to Will Sasso. Of course it did. And the atomic clock is not working right now. Because the beryllium chip is in the TARDIS. Oh, yeah. But he's still trying to sell it, because selling it. What do you mean it won't store it? (laughs) They're like, oh? Oh, no. No. Two minutes left to save the world, and they're (laughs) forced... Hey, who was running the security for the clock? Tom Poston? Oh! Who? What do you mean there's no beryllium chip? There's no beryllium chip! Meanwhile, Lee is pretty much basically being sold the opportunity to be the Master's companion. And he lets something slip. Something very important. What did he slip up? I wasted all my lives trying to chase you, Doctor. Oh, no. He gave away the whole plan. You gave the the game away, buddy. And Lee's just like, wait a minute. All your lives? You mean... That's right. This is my TARDIS. And this is my body. And the Master's like, oh... I'll never lie to you. I would only protect Bet you. Bet you just did! Yeah, and then he snaps his neck! You lied to him, and then you killed him! He killed him! Op- and you can't open the eye! Not with Grace! No. She's still under her- your control. Yeah. That- oh my god! Oh, oh, oh. That- oh, that's just sloppy. Oh. That's just sloppy. Oh my There's god. There's no love behind that at all. He basically forced her into a kiss. Oh, that's so he disgusting. could suck the uh Oh, and not himself. just any kiss. Come on. He sucked This wasn't a pick on the himself. cheek. No, he He sucked the ever-living life out of her. Yeah. Then he forces her 
to look into the eye of Harmony, and she's like, it blinds her. It blinds her. But now the Master takes his position, so he can inherit the rest of the Doctor's lives to make up for, well, him being on his last one. Grace gets her vision back, and she sees what's going on, has no idea how to stop it. She has to go into the console room and fix the TARDIS. Well, this isn't good. How would she, she know? Ba- how to- she's barely been inside of it. Yeah. And she's got like under two minutes at this point. And she is under two minutes. The TARDIS is about to blow everything up. Everything's about to be sucked into the eye of harmony. And the Master is sucking, literally sucking the life out of the Doctor. Or should I say, the lives out of the Doctor. So it's up to Grace to fix the TARDIS and save the world. Which she does at the last second. Oh yeah. At literally the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve 2000. Wow, what a coincidence! It just so happened to be at the stroke of midnight! And now that that's over with, Grace is back to take care of the Master, and the Doctor seemingly kicks him, seemingly to his death. Yeah. And because it's the Doctor, he has to go, Take my hand! And the Master has to go, Never! Never! And ultimately, the TARDIS arrives into temporal orbit, a.k.a. the time tunnel, and he has to go back before all of this happened and basically reset everything. So he does. Okay. And then magically, Chang Li and Grace get revived? I guess? How did that happen? I don't know. Maybe when he fixed everything, I guess? Which means that the Master could theoretically still be alive. Yeah. Of course, we won't know this for another... Eleven. ...or so years, but... Yeah. Remember, he's in the Eye of Harmony, which means he could very well be anywhere, even the end of time. Oh, yeah. See what I did there, Greg? Yeah. Oh, hey, it's midnight now again. It's midnight on New Year's Eve. Congratulations, you made it to the year 2000 and absolutely nothing went wrong. Yeah, nothing went wrong. Oh, that security guy, he got a kiss. And he liked it. Good for him. Good for him. So now that the world is saved, uh, Lee and Grace are pretty much free to go on their merry way. But first... He has to get his things back. His sonic screwdriver, his fob watch, his bag of gold dust. No, you can keep the bag of gold dust, actually. Yeah, because you never know when the WWF's going to be in town and Dustin Rhodes might need it. Yeah. But rather than open itself up for a series, Grace walks away? What? She could be the next companion and she walks away? I guess so. That basically leaves the Doctor in the TARDIS, having fixed it, and is free to roam the universe looking for new adventures. And so, that's that's it. 
Oh, yeah. But first, he wants to know where to next. He goes back to reading his book. And then the record skips again. And he's like, oh, not again. And that's the end of the TV movie. Yeah. Now, this was actually a really solid story. And Paul McGann proved himself to be a really solid doctor. Because he would go on to actually voice the character in several Big Finish dramas. Big Finish, of course, being the official radio drama producer of Doctor Who. And we would also hear Daphne Ashbrook and Yee Ji So in Big Finish Doctor Who serials. So, there's something. Yeah. Oh, and recently... Eric Roberts has returned as the master in Big Finish because they're doing they did the uh, 50th anniversary celebration of the master for this year. And he's a part of that. And there's also Uh like a special CD box set of Eric Roberts stories as the master that recently came out. Yeah. So this movie has like a legacy. It is part of a very much established part of the continuity, and the franchise is better off for it. Of course, when it aired in 1996, only 5.6 million people watched it, and a series was not commissioned. And I can tell you right now what the problem was. Three-pronged problem. Okay. Three. three. It was okay. a science fiction show on Fox Oh yeah. in 1996. Yep. You see... Where the problem was. Or problems, yeah. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. Now, in 2021, if something got 5.6 million viewers, they put it on the air for three seasons. Three seasons, she got It'd be on the air for ten years. Six seasons in a movie. One thing to note about the Doctor Who TV movie is this aired in the U.S., of course, on May 14th, as I already mentioned, but this aired two weeks later on May 27th in the U.K. on BBC One, and in between the U.S. and U.K. airings, the third Doctor, John Pertwee, passed away, and there actually is a dedication to John Pertwee before the start of the TV movie in the U.K. original airing from 1986. But unfortunately... In 1996, as much of a legacy as this movie is, Doctor Who, the movie, was just a thing on TV. Oh, but hold on, Chico. I got one thing I need to add from the credits. What's that? Okay, this is going to be amazing. Mike, are you ready for this? Uh, Oh, lay it on me. Do you know who was the visual effects producer for the Doctor Who 1996 TV movie? Are you ready for this? What's that? Okay, get ready. You're going to be shocked, all right? You ready? What? No, wait. Are we sure it's the same one? I looked it up on IMDb. It's that Tony Dell. That guy? Yes. Wow. For serious? Yes. And think about this. This wasn't planned. This wasn't planned that we cover something involving Tony Dow and he'd turn up in this entry. So there is life after High School USA. I wish that there was a cameo from Otto's Robot in this. Wouldn't that have been awesome? Uh, Otto's Robot could have put the beryllium chip back in the uh, 
in the uh, atomic clock. In the atomic, well, out of the atomic clock. Yeah, can you imagine him showing up? <laughs> hey, did you know that Otto has an IQ of two hundred? What? I'm just, I'm just saying that. Okay. Well, guys, this Doctor Who TV movie, it sure has a legacy. But you know what, guys? Yes. You know what it's time for? I hope it's a haiku. No. I hope it's an interpretive dance. No, it's not an interpretive dance. It's time for... Chico, get the sexy sax music ready. It's time to play (laughs) 9 Fuck eBay prices right! Okay, guys, you are bidding on this copy of the Doctor Who TV movie that I got from FYE in around 2018. See right here? There's the cover. Uh-huh. You can see. Can Doctor Who, the movie, special edition. Special edition TV came out in Region 1 in 2011. You Thanks, Twitter team. And BBC Home Video. You got the Doctor, you got Grace, and you got... The Eric Roberts master right on the side here. Yeah, right here, starring Paul McGinnis, the doctor on the bottom. Two discs. Okay. Now, this is what you are bidding on. You're not bidding on the price of the DVD. This is what I paid for at FYE in 2018 for the DVD. So you're bidding on what I paid for at FYE for the DVD. Now, how much it was worth, how much I paid for it. Well, I do know that you're gainfully employed, Greg, so... Mike? And you were gainfully employed in 2018, so... Yes. Mike, you got the first bid. Okay, I have a question. What's the question? Was this an FYE that was going out of business? No, it was not. Okay. So you didn't pay a buck 99 for it. Um... May I also ask when the DVD was originally released? 2011. Okay, so it may have been sitting around for seven years, so it may have been a clearance item. It's a used DVD. Okay, it's a used. All right. I'll go $5.99. Chico? I'll go $7.99. You have both over bid. Oh, 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 oh. Really? oh, somebody got a bargain. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll go $3.99. Chico? $4. You have both over bid again. Are you, <laughs> kidding? Are you kidding me? Uh, uh, how much of a bargain did Greg get here? Okay, I'll I'll knock it down a dollar. $2.99. Chico. 99 cents. <laughs> okay, are you ready for this? Oh, wait, we didn't overbid again. Okay. The amount of money I paid for this? One dollar, Bob. <laughs> Man, you got your money's worth and a whole lot more. It was a buy two, get one used for a dollar sale. Are you kidding me? Yes, I got this for one dollar. That's 
That's a good that's return. That's brilliant, tax. That's brilliant, actually. It oh, is. yeah. Definitely. By the way, for our UK listeners, the Doctor Who TV movie is now available on Blu-ray. Nice. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't get it here in the US because... Ah. Uh, you UK people, you get all those new Doctor Who animations with the old Patrick Troughton serials on Blu-ray. We just get them on plain old regular DVD. And then three months later, they appear on BBC America. Yeah. But hey, at least it's something. It's better than eh. nothing on video. It's better than a kick in the pants. Oh, and recently, the Doctor Who TV movie was adapted as a book in the Target Books novelization series. Oh, nice. And also, it recently got released as an audiobook. I yes. told you, this movie, big part of the continuity. Big part. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got to connect the seventh and ninth doctors somehow, and this is it. Yeah, and by the way, this wouldn't be the last time we would see Paul McGann on TV either. Because for the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, they brought him back to basically regenerate into the War Doctor. That's right, in the Night of the Doctor. And best of all, he mentions all of his Big Finish companions, which weren't the first time that Big Finish Productions was ever considered canon in Doctor Who. Uh-huh. Well, that was incredible. Hey, guys. Uh-huh. Guess what? What? Not done yet. Are you not done yet? We're going to play eBay Prices right now. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. All right, Greg, you are really reaching right now. What have you got for us? Okay. All right. You know, we mentioned, I mentioned the Doctor Who books. Okay. In the mid-90s, there was a series of Doctor Who books with the seventh Doctor from Virgin Publishing called the Doctor Who New Adventures. Yeah. And the last book of the series was released in the spring of 1997 called The Dying Days. And it's notable... Because it's the only book from the Doctor Who New Adventures from Virgin Publishing that features the Eighth Doctor. So this would have been at least one year after the TV movie. Okay. So, okay, let me try to read the description here. The book is in like new condition. It was published by Virgin Publishing in 1987. The book appears to be unread. There are no creases in the spine. There is a minor crease in the lower right-hand corner of the front cover. See second photo. Okay. So you're bidding on the buy it now price for the book. All right. And so I'll start clearly with Chico. this is a paperback. This is a paperback. So Chico, I'll start the bidding with you. Uh, are we bidding in U.S. dollars? U.S. dollars. Okay. Eight ninety nine. Mike. Oh no 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 no. Uh, I'm no. I'll I'll be a nice guy. I'll give him a little wiggle room. Uh, I'll say thirteen ninety nine. 
Okay, guys, you ready for the price of this? Oh, it's going to be like $80. I know. $130! Get out! What? Get out! Oh, no. Just get out right now. I'm not lying. I'm not making this up, people. Uh, oh my. $130. He's not lying. Good luck with that. Anyway. Hey, it's a rare book, and it's the only one that has the Eighth Doctor in that line. Okay. All right. Then I'll buy that. Plus also, also, you know that the Doctor Who geeks, with all due respect uh, using that term, they'll pay a good price for it. Yeah. You know, you know what? I'm good. Well, you know what? Now that they've been adapting the Doctor Who version books into audio, maybe they'll make this an audio one day because this does feature Professor Bernice Summerfield and she has been in Big Finish. So maybe one day we'll see this adapted. Who knows? Maybe. But I'll tell you right now, the Doctor, he regenerates into the War Doctor. And then at the end of the anniversary, the uh, War Doctor regenerates into number nine just in time for it to strike midnight on 2005, and the rest is Christory. Oh! <laughs> I get it, because it's a pun on Christopher Eccleston. <laughs> for more bad puns and other delights you can check out our website it was a thing on tv.com where you'll see all of our past episodes all of the minisodes the live shows and of course links to our friends at place to be nation where we have the weekly drops every wednesday and this wednesday we have the conclusion of high school usa plus the coatheads yay And also, we got the Exploding Oregon Whale. Because why not? Oh, by the way, on our Podbean feed, it it was a thing on TV.podbean.com. We've got a special, it was a thing on TV presents that me and Chico did on WandaVision and Falcon the Winter Soldier. And we talked about a bunch of other things, too. Yep. Uh, Like, uh, let's see, there was uh, the upcoming season of Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, which premiered yesterday as we're taping this. And we also talked about the rotating guest host on Jeopardy. And we talked about WWE's most wanted treasures on A&E for some reason. Oh, I love that. Yeah. The Mick Foley episode was great. It really was. All three episodes thus far have been really great. Yes. It's like, what would happen if uh, the WWE had a kid with pod stars? Oh, yeah. yeah you, the, with a little bit of Antiques Roadshow mixed in. Absolutely. Yep. So all of that is available on It Was A Thing On TV.com. And, of course, you can follow us on all social media at It Was A Thing On TV. And you can get every episode streamed where fine podcasts can be streamed. And don't forget to go to our YouTube page. And if you do, don't forget to Do-do-do. like, comment, and subscribe. And hit the bell to stay up to date on any future entries. And speaking of future entries, this was the bridge oh, well, between it, pilot month. I don't really consider this a pilot. Well, it's not a pilot, but well, I consider it is a TV. and it isn't. 
Yeah. It is and it isn't. But it does serve as a bridge between what we did with Pilot Month and what we're going to do on the next show. Yeah. Because our next show, we're staying with the British theme and we're covering an unusual sketch comedy series, which, as I mentioned, featured a couple of future members of Monty Python. And, well, we got some things to say about it. Uh huh. You're darn right, we do. At last, the next installment of It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Wow! I'm trying to send a distress signal. Stop talking about doctors. I'm a doctor. But probably not the one you expected.